1: You a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis.
0: And thank you so much again for joining us. I am glad you are here as we continue to journey uh, on creating a just society right where we are. Today, I've got a very special guest. You are familiar with him. He's been on past podcasts and Deacon Scott Aiken, a deacon in the Archdiocese of Seattle. So welcome, Deacon Scott. Thank you. Glad to be back. Wanted to have Deacon Scott today because he is a Native American and we're going to be talking about social justice issues around Native Americans And today we're going to be talking about the whole Native American story, because we want to clear up misunderstandings, uh, oversimplification. We were talking recently how uh, in our narratives we create in human society, we oversimplify things. And it can be very messy, actually, the human story can. But we tend to want to just get everything in black and white. It's neat and clean, something we can kind of grasp onto, But unfortunately, that's not how human history works. And so today, I appreciate Deacon Scott joining us to help us clear up some of the story uh, around Native Americans and how they fit within the human story. Because Native Americans are not uh, uh, isolated from the human history. They're human too. They had their own culture, society, and still do, but not in isolation because they're on the same planet as the rest of us. And right. so they are human beings uh, acting as human beings absolutely. and so and contributing their part of God's story on planet Earth. So tell us a little bit about your background as a yeah. Native American.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So so I appreciate being on the show again because I, I think it gives a, an opportunity to give voice to some things that are are to to be still ironic, you know. As as a deacon um, for now 15 plus years, um, I I've been a cradle Catholic, uh, but m- my mother is Native American and my father is non-Indian, and they met through his his uh, transfer of being put out on an airbase in Kansas, where <clears throat> where our reservation was located, and my mom was born and raised. So. So I come from this uh, somewhat conglomeration of the, the diversity of God's people mm-hmm. coming together. And in that, in that coming together, um, the, the distinction that I had to work through in my childhood was the fact that my grandmother and grandfather, both Pottawatomie, um, we were originally from Michigan, but we were moved by the federal government to Kansas Thank and you. put on a reservation in Kansas. Um, my grandfather was our traditional leader for our tribe. Mm-hmm. Had been handed down through generations to him, to carry out the traditional drum practices of our of our uh, tribal faith, and then my grandmother was raised Catholic as a Potawatomi, and so when they married my grandmother and grandfather, there was this convergence, at at the at the utmost level of a difference, but a similarity. So I've lived in that difference and similarity my entire life, and it, it, only by virtue of of uh god's grace am i here to talk to you today as a deacon which i i have no um no uh, compulsion compunction to not state that i'm this mixed blood uh, Mm -hmm. person with uh with a tremendous diversity of background i think that that describes not just tribal people Mm -hmm. but i think people throughout the world when we look back Mm -hmm. at our ancestry
0: My daughter has a passion for Native American people and is involved in a lot of powwows and and very involved in ministry uh, and hopes to someday live on the Rosebud Reservation. Mm. Mm -hmm. But uh, we discovered a couple summers ago why that was. I was back in the Midwest where I grew up, and, you know, friends have always asked me why it gets so dark in the summer. My skin turns really dark. And I asked one of my uncles, you know, to tell me, a little bit more about my family background and discovered that my great grandfather on my dad's side was a Miami Indian who married a white woman, Mm -hmm. but he didn't want my grandfather. So he gave him up and never had anything to do with them. So then the white side of us began to generate. So yeah, I told her, I said, I think maybe that's where your passion comes from. It's in your DNA, you know, to do that. But I appreciate you joining us. And I want to talk about narratives because we have – All societies have narratives that run through them, but the problem is we oversimplify these narratives, and then we create stories to support the narrative. And some of the oversimplifications in today's society is, for example, black man, innocent, white man, bad, meaning across the board, and Mm -hmm. total oversimplification to realize that we're all in need of God's grace, Right. no matter the color of your skin and all these and two it makes the story a little bit too clean and tidy so that you can't deal with the root of what's going on and i think it then doesn't give the opportunity for repentance from certain groups to others and all that because you know you get boxed in so why do we create these narratives
1: yeah sure and and the church herself is not exempt from that right right <laughs> um, you know so i think i think it's just is there's a there's a a security in human nature to tell story about their a, a past, mm-hmm. and once that's told in a way that is done without humility, um, it gets passed down. Mm-hmm. And so I think the the myth or the or the the romantic notion like we have, uh, particularly of Native Americans in the United States, this romantic notion comes from a, a, a mythology that predominantly is created, ironically, by movies. In, yes. in many ways, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, um, but the, there's always been a diversity within tribal communities that, uh, has, uh, has really been attention for, uh, tribal members now who are often mixed blood within tribal communities and the identity. We're always looking, I think, for identity and the insecurity in us leads us to other people mm-hmm. using that as, as a, as an adjective
2: mm-hmm.
1: that those others um, so I think, you know, in terms of separation and, and survival, there's a, there's a unfortunate tendency to, to other people. Mm-hmm. And for, uh, for, I think in America we have, as, as I was just mentioning the church as well, we have a, a past to deal with.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And in the, in dealing with that past, how do you get to the root of that? And like you said, that root is, is, uh, we, we kind of have an intuitive sense when we're getting to the root of something. Right. Because we, we, get, we get skittish and pull away. Yes, I think oftentimes the conversations pull away from the depth of what's the humanity in that struggle? Right. Um, independent of the race or in this case, even uh, the faith. Mm-hmm. What's the humanity in the struggle? Mm-hmm. And I think when we look back at Jesus and, and, and how he expressed to the apostles his teachings, it was to try to overcome that othering. Mm-hmm. Yes, that the Israelites <laughs> had with the Gentiles and vice versa, um, you know, and, and and getting to the root that we are created in God's image and likeness, in this diversity. Yes, and in this diversity, it's not to create distinction to keep apart, but distinction to give glory to God that we have a diversity mm-hmm. that we can share, and and I'm I'm a living example of of a diversity that for economic reasons, for social reasons, for a host of reasons thanks be to God, I'm here. Yes. <laughs> because of, of that meeting yeah. of these two cultures that my father and my my mother brought.
0: Yeah. And I, I appreciate this perspective. And yeah, you're right about the humanity. I mean, how radical is it for St. Paul to say in the church, there is no Jew or Gentile? Right. I mean, whoa, what, what did you just say, Paul? Right. You know, really. So, uh, Yeah, this coming together. Now, let's get back to talking about this narrative around... I'm going to give the European common narrative sure. around Native Americans, and I want you to respond with what are they saying on the reservations about what is the narrative. Uh, You know, and the common narrative is that uh, the Native Americans were here minding their own business, living out their lives, and Europeans arrived. And originally, Europeans arrived, and they were kind of dependent on the first uh, Native Americans they ran into. Uh, and, and I'm using the term Native Americans because of, you know, they didn't call it themselves Americans. American meant nothing to them. Right. Uh, they didn't have a name for this continent. But uh, they, yet, uh, and then as time goes along, other Europeans come over who are, you know, lusting for gold and for resources and spices. And right. they began to take over and discover that these natives are savages. And they worship these evil spirits and and so we have to deal with them and get rid of them and you know and so the genocide begins to happen and then as time goes along you get into the 17 and 1800s then you've you know these natives are uneducated we need to educate them and you know bring them up to western standards and then eventually we cramp them on these pieces of land and don't even give them what was promised so, you know, that's kind of the common narrative, leaving out some details for sure. sake of time. But what's the, the common narrative from the native perspective?
1: Yeah, I think there, um, you know, they, we've talked about this early before we started the show about some of the, the, um, the mythical aspects of Thanksgiving and the, and the pilgrims. And, and that, that somehow becomes the focal point of the first contact, yeah, if you will. Um, and, and certainly we know that's not the case, but... You know, I think in that, in that moment, let's take that moment of Thanksgiving there, I think there was an, an, an effort to try to uh, build relations and negotiate.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it wasn't a, an acquiescence of a, of a weak nation to a powerful nation, powerful group. It wasn't that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it was people who, one who knew the land and another one who was coming, who had no knowledge of the land. Mm-hmm. And that's the distinction that, that, that first probably ought to be made, but then yeah. it becomes, <laughs> it becomes a apparent that yeah. those who did not know the land, the, the non-Indians, um, that they, uh, they had to create a footprint for their kingdom that they were com- for their group that they were coming from, mm-hmm. um, in order to keep again, the dollar rolling. Mm-hmm. So if, if, from a, from a tribal perspective, I think there's a, there's a real strong narrative of understanding that, uh, we have been a cog and wheel of economics. That has that has belittled and diminished the value of uh, the original people of this land. But speaking of that, in the in the context that oftentimes um, it's referred to as, we don't look as a tribal person that we came here migrating across the the, the land bridge, or the that we road. came over in a Phoenician boat from um, in, the, in the in the south. That might that might be the case, but our our understanding of this is that we've been here since time immemorial. Mm-hmm. Uh, there
0: Some of them I've heard say they came out of the ground yeah. here. So, so South
1: for area. us, for my tribe, for the Potawatomi, we're originally from Michigan. So, if you if you cut the lower state of Michigan in half, go all of that mm-hmm. down along through Chicago and up along the east side of Wisconsin, that area was Potawatomi.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we have Turtle Island. We have mm-hmm. uh, an understanding that that that's how it was brought up, um, in, how our creation story begins. But you know that's that's a there's, a, there's an innate tendency for us to define who we are and where we come from. Mm-hmm. And I think what what's happened over the, over time is you have a people who migrated here who lost some sense of where they came from, that mm-hmm. lost some sense of the tie to a, to a land, and had to, were creating new ties. And that, again, that's the, the white white community came over. They had to create new ties. Mm-hmm. Um, juxtapose that by a, a people who... Know the land, who mm. know the stories, who have songs associated with it. Yeah, right. And and then to be moved because of economic reasons and 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 um, conflicts that arose from that. Uh, you know, Andrew Jackson's a, a, a great example of, of the, the president who who instituted removal.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, to to move move the Indian people, just move them west of the Mississippi. We'll be okay as communities because then we'll have all of the east of the of the river and be able to allow the the colonies now the states continue to grow
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, that didn't last very long and and from a tribal perspective where were the tribes sent to they were sent to Oklahoma which was considered to be now Indian country deemed by the United States Mm -hmm. that narrative is from a from a tribal perspective a a consolidation of and a separation of community Mm -hmm. communities that were once at some point, side by side, now they're being separated by not only a river, but by creating a state that is established for tribes, mm-hmm. which was Oklahoma. hmm That notion of being placed basically in a, in a giant concentration camp, yeah. if you will, mm-hmm. uh, is not, right, does not, that, that resonates in other f- forms of, of experience of our humanity and mm-hmm. when we look back in history. Yeah. And even in our recent history. But the notion of Oklahoma Sooner, as an example, mm-hmm at some point the government goes you know what we need to move west of the mississippi and they started that in oklahoma mm-hmm.
2: yeah
1: and so the oklahoma sooner is a person who who jumped the gun jumped the gun. <laughs> to, to go stake land yeah well this notion of staking land and defining land was well, that's just an absolute foreign concept to tribes
0: yeah offering them money and they're like right
1: you know this I don't, I don't own property and <laughs> I, I don't know. i don't bequeath property to my children yeah. It's given to us by the Creator, and and we have a responsibility yeah. to protect it for our children's children's children. Yeah, a, a different a notion of that. But the narrative is 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 different because, in large part, you take an oppressed people who came to this nation, seeking to try to find a new life, mm-hmm. and not understanding that there's already a life here, mm-hmm. and rather than working to integrate and, and intermingle that. There is there is a um, a fear that, that comes with mm-hmm. that, and so there's a separation, and so tribes see that constantly. It's been a it's been a, a struggle between fear and and uh, and economics mm-hmm. that drive this nation to do what it's done to, to yeah. tribal people, and I, and I, I I see that on a on a on a weekly basis by the by the experience and the work right. that I've done in my life. So. Right. Well, one of the things that I to put.
0: What happened with Native Americans in a historical context so that we can learn and understand how to handle our current situation? Um, You know, people refer to it as genocide. What happened? I struggle with that. Yes, genocide happened, but I think something bigger than genocide because it was an upsetting of an entire society, Hmm. an entire continent. Has that happened before in history? Because I know there's been genocides, but they've been localized. Has there yeah. been something to that degree?
1: Before? You know, we we look back at, at maybe the uh, the the large empires of Babylon and and Egypt and Rome, um, and seeing how they conquered
2: mm-hmm. and
1: then assimilated communities into the right. the, the the dominant society. Uh, we we experienced something that was similar to that. Yeah. And, and in that, in that experience, there is an, there is an oppressor and an oppressed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but d- does that mean that there's not a relational aspect to uh, the humanity within us? I, I, we certainly can see within tribal nations that there was that tendency, that human tendency to, to dominate, to conquer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We saw it with the Aztecs, the Toltecs, um, the, the Mayan community, there's, there's, there are constant hum, human struggles mm-hmm. of of place and of course, resources, yeah. and uh, so you know that trying to bring us back to that notion of who we are and whose we are um, is going to be the root of the challenge. Right. And we don't. And we're working with predominantly a nation that still has no real strong sense of itself. It has 250 years uh, right. almost of almost of of existence, but that's just a. That's that's a, such a small time frame, yeah. right?
0: Because the Roman Empire was around for a long, a
1: long time, time yeah. right? So, so what does that what does that mean for an American citizen now who <clears throat> likely, like myself, might be mixed blood and have mixed culture? Mm-hmm. And what do we bring forward? Who who are we, and how how are mm-hmm. we uh, defined in in our eyes, and in if we if we believe in God, mm-hmm. in God's eyes? Now, obviously, as yeah. a deacon, I believe in,
2: yeah.
0: in
1: God, and I believe that that. What what defines me as me is a Christian. Yeah. And and I take that fully. Um and it's example by, by by many folks who've had to struggle with this, not least of which my grandparents yeah. uh, were examples to me to help me through that. But I think there's there's always going to be a need to remember story, to remember those roots and be able to speak to those roots authentically. And I think there's a tendency to pull away from that, like we've described before it could because it's hurt it's it hurts at times. Yeah, yeah, of course. Hurts, yeah. yeah.
0: What is? Let's get more into the true narrative, the whole Native American story. And it's interesting to me whether we have time to talk about this day, but you know, before the British came, the French had already been here. The French landed on the west coast before the British landed on the east coast, which is why we have Oregon because it's a French term and then Louisiana. Mm-hmm. The Spanish obviously were here
1: um And predating all of those, those kind of empire structures, the Vikings had had come come over.
0: Yeah. uh, So what's really, what's the historical uh, narrative that should be told about, you know, what was life like for the natives here? What was society like? What was the relationships, the governmental structures?
1: Yeah. 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 So, so again, not, not having this notion of ownership was a significant difference. Uh Ownership of property. Yeah. there was there were boundaries of property, and those were amorphous to the to the yeah, to the natural resource and the weather and and things of that nature. Right. but uh, but yeah, there wasn't a notion of of ownership of of property. but the but within that boundary of use, um, tribes had governmental governmental structures that they uh, that varied in the in the five hundred and seventy four federally recognized tribes how many more beyond that are non fairly recognized. Right. So there was, there was literally thousands of tribal communities throughout the nation. Mm-hmm. That the term tribe is, is just a designation by genealogists, um, by taxonomists. The term, it was never a term that we used as a, as a definitive. In fact, uh, our name is not Potawatomi. Um It was actually given to, uh, to us by the British who would ask the, yeah. the Huron tribe, who are those people? They're the people of the keepers of the fire. Ah. which is Potawatomi, just like India was not called India before the British right.
0: came. So yeah, they didn't so know we, how to pronounce. So we refer
1: to ourselves as uh, Nishnabek, yeah, or Nishnabe in the in the in the plural sense, meaning the people. Okay. So many tribes used a, a, a definitive of the the people. Uh, so so in that notion of the people, there was there was a, um, I think a stable structured system that that mm-hmm. had had been in place for millennia. Yeah. And having that upset by smallpox, having that upset by, by um, lust for gold and resources Mm -hmm. and land and, and, and running from, from insecurities, understandably from persecution of religion and persecution of, uh, of ownership of farming communities like the, the serfs. And those were what the tribes had to contend with these people coming over who couldn't, See them, see them because they themselves were in in a state of I need to define my place mm-hmm. because i've never I've never had it defined or what I, what was defined was taken from me right so this there's a perpetuation of of and this is evil
2: mm-hmm. this
1: is the impact of evil of course yeah. right and and it's expressed through how we treat others
2: mm-hmm.
1: and clearly, if you look at the the history of even how the church and, and Christianity itself came to America, to to, the, to these lands. There is, uh, there's the human weakness fraught throughout mm-hmm. that. Uh, doesn't mean the good news can't come through that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm, I'm speaking to you as an example of that. Right. The good news has come to me in spite of. Mm-hmm. We were one of the first tribes, by the way, to the Catholic faith Uh, came to yeah the 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 black robes is Mm -hmm. considered that's that's coming through the st lawrence river down Mm -hmm. through the great lakes and we were
0: so to bust this uh you're talking about your tribe you know accepting the catholics uh and of course we'll talk at the end today about a saint a canonized saint yes chief coming up but to bust the narrative you know native native innocent white man bad Mm -hmm. um Jesus Christ died for the natives on Absolutely. this continent and loved them and created them. Absolutely. So what humanly were the native peoples, this land struggling with as humans before this? And I asked this for a reason, because now in America with this great migration from all over the world, you've got people from the middle East mm-hmm. coming here who have no connection to the British or the natives. So mm-hmm. as they observe that story, they're, they're asking, well, did the natives have it coming to them? Hmm. and they're not judging. They're just like, we're trying to figure out th- what happened, you know? So of well, course they understand the evil of the British empire. Cause that's just a worldwide knowledge. But what well, were they, str- were they struggling or?
1: No, I think there, there wasn't that, that notion of struggle like was experienced okay, in gotcha. the, in, in Europe. And, and there are many things that caused Europe to be in the struggle that it was in as, yeah. as, uh, starting, I think probably most prominently with Rome mm. falling. Yeah. When, when Rome collapsed and, and the, the The feudal countries began to grab land. That continued on through the 1800s, and you you see that with Belgium and Germany and and England and France and there and people are building ships and going all over the world trying to gain resources. So there became a uh, a preponderance of yeah, domination yeah. that that overrode okay. the notion of of a, of a of a of a gentle human existence that Christ was trying to express. Mm-hmm. And yet, Christianity was brought through. Catholicism, uh, Methodist mm-hmm. here, you know, Oregon predominantly was, they actually divided the land here in, in the Oregon area, Oregon, Washington area, that everything North of the river was going to be left to the Catholics. Yeah. Proselytized to, and everything South of the river was going to be left to the Methodists. Oh, okay. Proselytized yeah, sure. to. So the, so even, even the, in the, ch- the churches, the de- denominations began to kind of, uh, chunk and mark up. This mm-hmm. is where we'll go. This is what you Yeah. Get yeah. To. Right. So, um, all, all supposedly in the in the name of of spreading the good news. Mm. Well, obviously that that good news was not spread the way that Christ would spread it. Right. And the church, uh, and the Catholic Church, has worked to try to come back to as you said earlier. Try how do you how do you reconcile that? How do you how do you uh, go through uh, a, um, an awareness so that you can be healed and the people that you are living amongst can find healing? Well, I think for many tribes right now we have the potential with as you said, uh, black elk, Mm -hmm. um, potentially being canonized, uh, St. Kateri Tekawitha, who I went to the canonization of uh, the first native American saint. Yeah. Canonized. Um, she was Mohawk. Uh, she saw that and, and heard the truth that was presented to her in spite of the politics and, Mm -hmm. and and the dynamics of those social clashes that were happening. So, so we have in, in, in Indian country to use that term broadly, uh, we have great hope in particularly in the catholic faith in indian country because of what uh, the saint uh, kateri mm. or saint kateri so has provided. a
0: couple questions then a struggle i've had is in in that common narrative that uh, these natives were had these bizarre practices spiritually worshiping these evil spirits and yet i've been to, to powwows where they do a dance and the dance is called in praise to the creator for the harvest of corn. Well, that sounds holy to me, not evil. So what was up spiritually with the natives?
1: Yeah, I think a a lot of it was, was dependent on, on language and language barrier and Mm -hmm. understanding culture. And I, I think in terms ironically, and and some may may cringe at at hearing this and that's okay that um, (laughs) the, the Jesuit community was particularly, keen on, on seeking to understand the community that they were entering into before they foisted the good news, so to speak Mm -hmm. on the community. Uh, and they had a practice of, of coming in and waiting a year before they actually presented.
2: Mm They
1: just live amongst, learn the language, learn the customs Mm -hmm. and look for God's presence. Mm -hmm. Then present what this, that wasn't the, the, the standard (laughs) of much of, of, how religion was brought to this country—it uh, was oftentimes um, oppressed onto people, and yeah. so you know when they look at uh, a practice of a tribe, uh, is the tribe monotheistic? Is it polytheistic? Well, we had a mix of both. Mm-hmm. Not much different than than we find in Middle East and Europe, and and, mm-hmm. and back in the day there was a, yeah. an experience of that. So in within the country itself, uh, there there was a distinction by virtue of They had nothing to compare that with the, uh, the religious, the, the the Christian community as an example coming in and it was so different that they would, they would reject it because it couldn't be a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they, they basically began an effort of assimilation, complete assimilation, Mm -hmm. bringing them into, into boarding schools, which we've been dealing with tremendously uh, under this administration and rightfully so, I think, um, but that there there was an effort to actually uh, wash out if you will the indian yeah. from the indians and
0: yeah so uh nowadays we seem lost what to do yeah uh, and then thinking of creating a just society with such a horrendously unjust thing that can seem overwhelming and and we were talking about uh, St. Barnabas a few weeks ago in the podcast and a letter he wrote, Mm -hmm. you know, and he said, uh, sometimes the injustice is so overwhelming. The only thing you can do is just be silent because (laughs) nothing you can do about it. Um, in the face of such a grave injustice, what, you know, thinking of what the church could inform us and what the scriptures can inform us on this, what do we do? I mean, is it necessary for us to try to return the land to what it was and, and to mix the natives among the general American society or eliminate America, go back? Or what does justice even look like now? Because right. it's messy.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I certainly am not the arbiter of what that justice would be, but I think, <laughs> yeah. I think there is a, uh, certainly a strong uh, tenet of recognizing the sovereignty. Sovereignty of people. Okay, And so we have been trying to, I think, work back towards that understanding of sovereignty in, this, in the federal recognition process, which in and of itself is just fraught with, with uh, weakness. Yeah. Uh, but it's the best that, that the, the government could, could present. Um, but allowing a, a community to self-determine, what, what, do we, what do we believe will in this existence define us now? Mm-hmm. where we might be on a reservation that might be on another tribe's land. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you know, there's, there's a host of complications that we've laid on top of all of this. Um, but I believe that as my grandfather taught me shortly before he passed, um, he came to a point after having led our tribe in the traditional drum religion for all, almost all of his life, that as he looked at the Catholic faith, he raised children Catholic because mm-hmm. my grandmother was Catholic. He, he conceded to that. And he came to a point where he had to reconcile, okay, well, who is this Christ who came from a tribe, the tribe of Judah? And, and who's the tribe of Judah? And what does a tribe mean?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And wrestling with some of those dynamics, he came to a point mm-hmm. to, to see that just because Christ didn't come to the Potawatomi doesn't mean that Christ's news is not for the Potawatomi. Um, just because he didn't come to another tribe in Israel, he came, to, came from the tribe of Judah, doesn't mean that the other tribes have, have, a, have
2: mm-hmm. a,
1: a role or responsibility to denounce him.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so making that connection of the humanity that, that mm-hmm. Christ came from a community who was tied to a land, who had stories and songs yeah. and, wow. um, and, and practices that were associated in them with the God's creation, that's what tribes had. Mm-hmm. albeit they had not heard the good news yet. Right. How could that good news have been brought differently? And I think that's to the, to the root of what we get at. Um, and the, what the church has, has really wrestled with. And I think, uh, St. John Paul II really began this effort to try to, to look back and try to remediate and address those wrongs mm-hmm. of how the Catholic church, uh, came into America. It, it begins to allow us to, to, uh, Find ways to cross over those limitations and see well. Christ is able to do that. So, would the the good news of Jesus
0: Christ be a a story that is other than the native story, or more of a completion of the native story?
1: Well, I think it's. I think it's more of a completion. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, it's. I think any time that Christ came into community was not to to wash that identity of that community away. Mm-hmm. It was to recognize God's presence in that community. Mm-hmm. And this is why I still think the model that the Jesuits began with yeah. was was a, a a model that was inspired right. by the Holy Spirit. To come into it to a place and, and get to know them as human beings like you are. Mm-hmm. Start from that common humanity and then say, well I have this to offer you to consider. And it's always got to be, as, as we oftentimes put in, uh, in our diaconate discussions, uh, um, God's a gentleman. He's not going to, if, if he loves us, he's not going to oppress us. He's not going to force us. He's not yeah. going to foist something on us. Yeah. And looking back to see where that has happened and, and be able to point to that with conviction to say, that was wrong. Mm-hmm. And it was wrong for a host of reasons that might be excuses that, are, that might seem legitimate, but nonetheless, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And how do we, how do we address that? First, we have to say that mm-hmm. and say it with contrition Yeah, and say, I want to move forward from that in the hum- humanity of who we are, in the diversity that we are, yeah. that God has created. I, I have to trust in the faith that Christ is with us in this mm-hmm. discussion. Yeah, and I, I want to
0: ask three very important questions as we close out. One question is, uh, how can a Catholic listener do penance before God for the past and justices towards the natives of this continent, the second or whatever continent they live on, Mm because Australia experienced the same thing, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, with the Aborigines. Um, how do, so how can a Catholic do penance before God for the injustices done towards the natives? Uh, next would be how can, uh, a listener approach the natives on the tribal lands? How do they even begin that approach? You know, I drive, I park on a tribal land and look at the natives that are, you know, when I go up to Warm Springs, the highway 26 right. curves right. through Warm Springs and you'll see people sitting, you know, along the way.
2: Right.
0: How do you begin to approach them so that I can even build relationship and so well I'll let you answer those first. No, so let's yeah. so, yeah.
1: so let's see in, in regard to the the, the first one in, in terms of trying to address uh, an effort of reconciliation and, and how do you how do you atone for that almost mm-hmm. is what I think the question yeah uh, most mm-hmm. poignantly brings out uh, we we do that through uh, certainly through our regular practice of the faith in our prayers that we offer um, but there is a, there's a value to consciously being aware of it. So let's just take um, an example of these months that are set aside in the, in the nation here, right? Yeah. Uh, there's an actual uh, Native American month. Right. Um, and I don't want to get in all the, the challenges that people might have with how months are set up, but nonetheless, that's a time that, uh, that can be considered a, a, an offering of prayer for those, those people who have been suffered oppression from that um, looking up, uh, St. Kateria is an example, we have a, we have a celebration coming up, uh, in October, uh, on her canonization day, mm-hmm. um, to celebrate and, and look at how we can, how we can redress mm-hmm. these issues and, and boarding schools has come up most recently in that mm-hmm. effort. So, so there's, there's a creativeness to it, but there's also not an ownership. We can't, we can't own that. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be something that we're going to reconcile, but we we can be a part of it. Okay. And part of that is when we go to visit a reservation, as a Catholic, we're going onto a land that we can we can pray before we go on that land, mm-hmm. and and ask the Lord help me as I enter onto this land, knowing all the history that might have impacted this negatively. How can I be a, a positive for Your sake with the people I meet today? Mm-hmm. And and can you can you help? Can you help my guardian angel speak to the guardian angel, the person that I'm gonna potentially meet today?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We don't think mm-hmm. necessarily in those wow. those terms, but that is a value my that my guardian have
0: a, angel and their yes. guardian angel communicating. Yes.
1: Wow. And and then there's a there's a, a a common sense of God's presence that we know is truth. As as Christ has said, mm-hmm. each of us are given a guardian angel. Yes. Um so that that can be a, a beginning to have that. Uh, fear and anxiety subside from us. And also the arrogance subside. <laughs> yes. So you have both those both sides of that. And how can you just be you who's coming in in earnest um, interest of this community mm-hmm. and also empathetic to mm-hmm. the fact that there's challenges here. And I'm living off of a, uh, a host of conditions that have benefited me to be able to drive maybe onto this reservation that hasn't been valuable to this community mm. and letting that be letting that be because I think you go back to the, the histories of, of those who those countries and nations and people who've been oppressed over generations outside of the U S mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's overwhelming. Yeah. As you were, as you're pointing out, you know, and St. Barnaby, it's, it's just over, it can be overwhelming. Yeah. Well, that's as God shed, as Jesus shed blood in the garden, mm-hmm. all that, all of that, was weighing on him. Wow. And so if we're, if we're able to see that one pinpoint in time and say, thank you, Jesus for bearing that Mm -hmm. and help, help me please to be open to a new possibility for your good news to be spread through Mm me. Yeah. I, I am, I'm baptized, confirmed. Therefore I have gifts and authority an inheritance Mm -hmm. that gives me an ability to be you to them. Mm Wow, wow, and so, them and allowing them
0: to be to us. Yes, yes. Yeah. So the third question is, who is Black Elk and why is he significant?
1: Yeah, well, that that's going to be <laughs> that's a whole keep it short. A whole show <laughs> itself. But um, yeah. I I've actually visited his gravesite. Okay. Um, uh, on the and and it's in in uh, in Pine Ridge, um. It's amazing to to know that this this man, like Saint Kateri Tekakwitha, that these people have, have under, undergone what they've undergone, and can find within all of the negative components such a tremendous faith mm-hmm. that God is with them, um, and and Black Elk, you know, there there are books on like Black Elk Speaks, and there's mm-hmm. almost a the mysticism. Mm-hmm. to who he was. Yeah. But he was very down to earth. He was, he was very, uh, had, there's a humility to that, to that man, uh, that leader that, uh, I think echoes into, to the point that you brought up just a moment ago. How do we, how do we find a way to reconcile? Well, it's through saints mm-hmm. within our, with our faith as Catholics that we find strength to emulate mm-hmm. that. That person can do such tremendous work in spite of, Mhm. Their oppression, their sufferings. Yeah, uh, I think countless saints within the Catholic Church represent that. And what does it take? It first and foremost takes a tremendous humility. And I think Black Elk, uh, God bless me, his humility in the face of what he
2: mm-hmm. was
1: challenged with, with a country that was going through such turmoil, mm-hmm. um, is is that light on t- shining bright on a hill. Mm-hmm. It's that light that's out from under the bushel basket, <laughs> um, wow! And and it comes from a place that most Christians would never imagine it coming from. You're right. <laughs> uh, one of the most oppressed places. It's almost a it's almost a Franciscan kind of uh, corollary. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saint Francis. Not that he was poor. He chose poverty. Yeah, right. He and he had the opportunity to be extremely extremely wealthy, wealthy yeah. right? He chose poverty, and then he chooses for. The place for building a church in the absolute dregs of the area right in assisi right that had been set aside for those who were diseased or were going to be uh, uh, that were dying or that were going to be killed because of yeah he chose that and i and I think you can use that as a microcosm of god 's ability within any part of the world mm-hmm. to be able to bring about um the truth of our humanity that we are created in his image and likeness. And through Christ we have the ability to be like Christ Mm -hmm. in all that we do. And I think for Catholics, it's not just enough to go to church and receive the sacraments. It's activating the sacraments with authority that Christ has given us and the humility that he expects of us Mm -hmm. and, and carrying that authority out and praying for people doing the things that he's done and more because he's going to the father. Wow. Amen.
0: Well, thank you for joining us. It's a lot to cover. We've got another episode coming up to look at how how the Native American thought is towards justice and a just society. We'll talk about that next, but thank you for joining us again. And uh, we hope that you've learned a lot as you seek to create a just society right where you are, and maybe right where you are is close to a reservation. That's, and maybe part of your call is, how do I, in humility, approach my brothers and sisters who have been so wounded by my ancestors actions. And now by my actions, by carrying out, you know, uh, driving down a freeway that was plowed through their (laughs) promised reservation. But uh, so we need to to think about that. And as I mentioned before, how do I get to the reservation close to here? I take the highway that goes right through it. And so we need to think at how we can create a just society. And Deacon Scott, you've given us more than enough to think about on this and appreciate it. But will you close this out with um, a blessing? Yes. And then with a prayer asking for Black Elk's intercession. Yes. I'll I'll,
1: I'll flip that and we'll begin with the prayer. Lord, we thank you for those who example to us your great uh, gift, your great uh, love for us. And Black Elk, uh, St. Kateri, Tickawitha, uh, these examples within our native communities of, of America that just exemplify what can be. The poss- the impossible is possible through God. And Jesus, you as the Son of God, example, example that through Black Elk. We pray for the intercession of Black Elk and St. Kateri, Tickawitha to help us in finding the roots that need to be healed and may we do so with humility and grace through our lord jesus christ amen
0: amen thank you so much
1: you've been listening to common sense on social justice with your host michael davis a common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com.
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through MaterDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary media app.